Hi. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. I can't introduce the podcast. You know this. <laughs> Welcome to the Marble Forest podcast. I'm Amber. And I'm Jessie. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, so I brought you a present. Yeah. It's actually a podcast present. It's a podcast present. So is it for the podcast room? It's a podcast present. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Ready? Close your okay. eyes. Do I close? Oh, <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome! Did you just, like, make this randomly one day? <laughs> well, I went to Joanne's, and they had, like, the little coin shapes. Like, those little wooden discs. And I was like, we've been talking about getting our own coin made. So I was like, I'm going to surprise Jesse. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe, hopefully, it'll flip. Uh, it flips really well, and does it actually choose more than just me? Yes, and okay. we flipped it. Me and Devin flipped it earlier, and actually landed on its side. <laughs> so That's we were like, we're both going at the same time. But I thought you'd be excited. We forgot to introduce someone into our podcast. Uh, Tim the Soup Ghost. Tim the Soup Ghost. Okay, this is Tim. He's our fern. Yes, he is our podcast fern. Oh, you can really tell Pumpkin's been eating him. I know. I had to put him up on top of the fridge. And then Pumpkin has been getting up on my kitchen counters and looking for oh him. Oh, my God, Pumpkin. <laughs> so, like, every time she'll, like, walk into the kitchen, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, So, sorry. <laughs> buckle the fuck up. Okay. Friday night, I went to my cousin's, did her hair. She's getting married tomorrow. So, had to make sure it looked good. And I went home, and I went to bed at, like, one in the morning. I woke up in really excruciating pain. Like, I kind of woke up, and, like, I was barely conscious, but I knew I wasn't comfortable, and I could feel myself groaning in my sleep. Like, I was in that much pain. Oh. So, I, like, went up and used the bathroom to try and, like, was like, maybe I'm just, gotta use the bathroom. I'm uncomfortable. Um, I came back. Still in pain, kind of rolled around a bit, went back to the bathroom, came back, kind of rolled around a bit. And at that point, it was so painful that I almost blacked out. So I reached over. Probably not as bad as when I sliced my finger open and I almost passed out in the bathroom from blood. I mean, of blood. yeah, that was bad, but also really bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, I was freaking out. So I called my mom and I, like, hit Jason to try to wake him up as I was calling my mom. And she didn't answer, which was weird because my mom is such a light sleeper. And then, so I woke him up and he's like, ooh. And I was like, Jason, wake up. And he's like, no. And I hit him harder. And I was like, Jason, wake up. <laughs> because. I was in so much pain. I had no idea what was going on. So I called my dad and he was like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm dying. Like I could barely talk to him. And he was like, well, do you need to go to the hospital? And I was like, yes, I need to go. And I just kept repeating it because I was having such a hard time forming words and thinking because I was in so much pain. So he's like, do you need me to drive you? And I was like, yes. He's like, is Jason awake? I said, I don't know. And Jason goes, I'm awake. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. So I got off the phone with my dad. I went back to use the bathroom again. And I came back. So I was wearing these. I have these rainbow pajama pants that have kitten faces all over them. Yeah. And like a black shirt. Oh, my God. And I went to the hospital in that. No, I looked at my for some reason in all this pain. I was still like. I can't leave the house in these kitten pajamas. <laughs> so Perfect. I, I threw on some black pajama pants because I was like, I'm not putting pants on. I'm in too much pain. So you didn't want to feel like you're walking around Walmart at the yeah, hospital. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I went downstairs and we were waiting for my dad and I started getting like hot flashes. Like I was so hot and like sweating and I was like, I need to go outside. So I walked outside. Nice, cool air. Then I got really, really cold and I walked inside and I was shivering so bad like I needed like a sweater. Yeah. And so then I got up and I just kind of silently got up from where I was, went into the bathroom and puked. You were at the hospital? This was at my house still. Oh. So I kept asking Jason, I was like, is my dad here? Is my dad here? He's like, no, he's not here yet. He finally got there. We drove to the hospital. I was in so much pain. I literally was thinking I was going to pass out. I was in so much pain. We had to bring a bucket with me. Didn't know if I was going to puke again. House bucket. (laughs) So we got to the hospital and we walked inside. My dad dropped me and Jason off at the door and went and parked. And the lady at the desk is asking me, like, what's going on and what's wrong? And I'm trying to talk to her, but I'm in so much pain that I can't talk to her. And I'm just trying to get one of the guys, my dad or Jason, to tell her what's going on. And they're just, like, kind of, like, out of it because they're half asleep. And I'm, like, trying to talk through it. And I sit down in front of her because there's a chair there. I'm, like, holding myself. And I look up at her and I go... I need your bathroom. I'm going to puke. And she out of nowhere whips a bucket out and hands it to me. (laughs) She's prepared for this. This is the ER. She was prepared. She was on top of it. It didn't even phase her. So I puked again. Right in front of this poor nurse. Right in front of her. (laughs) Luckily, there was no one else in the ER. I puked just in the bucket. Jason and my dad were just like, you never get used to hearing someone puke. (laughs) Um, That would be me. (laughs) But my dad kind of took over from there and I just had to come back to get my wristband. They rushed me to the back and they're like asking me the normal questions. Um, we I sit down. Yeah, (laughs) I sit down and the guy's like, I think you have a kidney stone. Oh no! And I was like. That's what my dad had told me, too, on the way over. But I was, like, so much pain. I was not paying attention to him very much. And I was, like, oh, God. I was, like, okay. So we went into the back, and I, you know, was in so much pain I couldn't lay down comfortably. They came in. They drew blood. They uh, kind of... morphine? T- they no, morphine. they didn't. Damn Yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they talked to me. They're like, we think you might have a kidney stone. We need like a urine sample. We need to do blood work and we need to give you a CAT scan. And these are the things you have to do. So I was like, okay, I couldn't give a urine sample for the longest time. I was there for a while, but I was in so much pain. So I'm laying down. The guy draws my blood. He leaves. He left it in my hand. So the needle was in my hand. And it was a long needle, so every time I moved my hand, I felt like it was going to poke through my skin, and it was so uncomfortable. But then... Was it... Was it... It wasn't, like, one of those plastic tube needles that they replaced it with after... No. Oh, okay. It hurt. So, he left. I tried to get comfortable. Eventually, I started to... The pain started going away, and I was able to, like, get comfortable and not move, but when that started happening, I was so worried that if I moved, the pain was going to come back, so I just stayed really, really still, closed my eyes, and did not move for, like, a few minutes, and then the guy came back with pain and nausea medication for me, so they left. I laid there for a while. I was starting to feel better. I was freezing. Like, I'd sweat, and then I'd be freezing. Oh. Like, this just kept happening. I was so hot. And then I'd just be cold. Um, so another guy came back. He brought me some heated blankets, which was just so nice at the time. <laughs> <laughs> they cooled down really fast, but it was <laughs> nice when I got them. So, like, fresh out of the dryer. Warm. Yeah, so nice and toasty. So I um, was more, like, comfortable at this point. And then they went to take me back for a CAT scan. 
and he was like, I'm here to take you for your CAT scan. And I was like, oh no, I forgot my cat at home. Because <laughs> it's like five in the morning now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like... And he just goes, but a boom. <laughs> I was like, thank you. I was like, that was so stupid. <laughs> so they took me to the CAT scan. I came back. And at this point, like Jason and my dad are falling asleep and I'm in, not in pain. So I'm just like laying there like, okay, whatever. I'm going to just mess on my phone. So my dad and Jason fell asleep. So I took a picture of them and sent it to my mom. That is the best picture ever. Um, You're like, thanks for the moral support, guys. (laughs) So eventually they came back and I do have a kidney stone and it's miserable. Oh, I still have it. I am not in pain right now. I haven't been in pain for like the last two days. So I have a kidney stone. It sucks. It's terrible. That's awful. I googled what they look like too. They're, they're like little pointy rocks. Yeah, they're pointy. They're, they're terrible. Yeah, no wonder why people are in so much pain. Apparently, they can be hereditary. My dad gets them all the time. Thanks, oh. Dad. So, are we ready? Do you have anything else? I don't have anything else. All right, that was my main thing. Like, there's nothing in comparison to that story. I think I took the cake with that story. Like, I made Brendan wake up at 7 in the morning to drive halfway to my work to give me my laptop because I forgot it. But that's about <laughs> it. He probably, like... But I did buy him breakfast, so... Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, you're still a good girlfriend. All right. Are you ready to flip our official podcast coin? Are we flipping them both at the same time? I was going to flip one. <laughs> All right, let's flip them both just for the sake of it. For the first time. First time. First time. Ready? One, Go. two, three. Oh. As we both throw them at each other. <laughs> what was your Me. Oh, yours was me. Okay, well. Okay, you flip that one. Okay. That was really bad. Hold on. Try it one more time. Amber. So it's me. All right. Are you ready? I like it when British Siri talks to us more, though. (laughs) British Siri. She doesn't know what we're doing half the time. (laughs) I am actually not doing a haunting. Okay. I am doing a cryptid. Okay. What is the definition of a cryptid? So a cryptid is a phenomenon. It's presumed existence of an animal that hasn't been confirmed. Okay. So it's kind of like anything that's told like folklore. Yeah, like folklore wise that hasn't been confirmed. It's kind of a cryptid. Okay. So I am doing the Popelik monster from Kentucky. Actually, I was thinking about doing this story for a while. I was scrolling Instagram in the car and one of my friends posted a picture from this location. Oh, that's cool. It was so cool. I took it as a sign. I'm like, I've got to do it. I'll show you the picture later. So the Popelik monster is a legendary part man, part goat, or sometimes part sheep creature. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell I'm you- sorry. I had to like think about that. I need an artist rendition of this. I'll give you more of a, a, a description in a minute. So the monster has been reported to live beneath a trestle bridge of Norfolk Southern Railway. And so it passes over Popelik Creek in a neighborhood of Louisville, Kentucky. So a trestle bridge, I looked it up for you. It's a rigid framed bridge. Um, trestle bridges are usually constructed out of wood, concrete, or iron, and they are d- ideal for railroads since oh, they okay. can bear yep. heavy loads. So a po- the Popelik monster appears as a human-goat hybrid with a grotesquely deformed body of a man. Okay. but what? Okay, but what part is the man that's 
really deformed. Chest. 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 So like area. centaur. Also, I think like, I think from what I'm seeing, a or little, does it have a goat head? Like in Catherine, I've seen two different like... renditions. One where it has a goat face, and one where it has a human face. Um, but this one, this description I found most commonly, it seems like it has more of a human face. Okay. So it has powerful goat cover, <laughs> goat covered. <laughs> it has powerful fur covered goat legs. An alabaster-skinned face. But goats don't have fur. Well, it's not. It's a type of fur. It's like a hair. It's a really woolly hair. <laughs> it has an alabaster-skinned face with an alkaline nose. I think I pronounced that correctly. It's kind of like a very slanted, pointy pointed nose. nose. Okay. So it also has wide-set eyes. Short. Because it's a goat. Does it have goat eyes? Please tell me it has goat eyes. It didn't tell I me. I love goat eyes. Okay, we'll Do say it has goat, goat eyes. eyes. Yes. For the sake of the podcast, it has goat eyes. Yes. Um, it has short, sharp horns that protrude from the forehead, nestled in long, greasy hair that matches the color of the fur on its legs. That's the devil. Pretty gross. The, now I'm just picturing the devil with goat eyes. <laughs> so... So I'm pretty much it's the devil that lives under the bridge. And does it make you do jingles to cross? It does. It's pretty creepy. Okay. <laughs> so one legend claims that the monster originated in a circus. Okay. I have its origin story. Are you ready? I am so ready. So the story goes that there was a man named Colonel Beauregard Schildenek. I don't know how to say this. I love the name Beauregard. <laughs> I call him Beauregard in the rest of this because okay. I don't know how to say any of this name. You can just call him Bo. Okay, cool. Colonel Bo. Colonel Bo. So he was a ringmaster of a twisted traveling circus. He was not known as a kind or decent man. He was he was really known as like a liar and a cheat. Uh, so and he also was known to mistreat his performers. So he was like the ringmaster. Yeah. Okay. He ran his circus kind of like a gang. So, like, hey, those people didn't pay for full price for popcorn. Here, let's go beat them up in the back alley. <laughs> let's go roll With them our up. random circus strength. Yes. <laughs> um, it says that, uh, that thefts followed his show wherever they went. Okay. So they were like, hey, we don't have enough popcorn for the show. <laughs> Better go steal it, some. It no. just sounds like the circus freaks were like pickpockets. Mm-hmm. I can see that. So his main motivation in life was money, and he was always searching for a way to scam people. Yeah. Seems like a creepy old-timey circus. Scam people like, oh, hey, here, pay Im- admission. Oh, wait, our show's canceled. No no money, please. No money back. Oh, it's $50 for the elderly, but 20 for normal adults. Because who wants the elderly there? Gosh. Well, if it was that shocking, like heart attacks and stuff. I know. They don't want that liability. <laughs> so one day the circus passed through Beltsville, Maryland, and Colonel Bo yeah. came across a poor, deformed child that appeared to be half man and half goat. Okay, perfect for his circus act. Yeah, so he took the child with him and displayed it and in a freak show. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. And he did this in order to get money, obviously. Yeah. Look at this half goat kid. Yeah. Look at his weird eyes. Look at his weird horns and deformed body. <laughs> so the child began to grow larger and stronger and so Bo imprisoned him in a cage where he beat, underfed, and mistreated it his whole its whole life. Oh. 
So So he's a skinny little half goat kid. Yeah, that's getting abused and underfed. So And his slanty eyes look so sad. (laughs) I'm really gonna stick to that the entire story. I hope you know. Good, it's fine. The monster grew a hatred for mankind, which grew deeper with each offense, and he began to plot his escape. So there's actually a few different versions of the story. So this is the first. The next one is just a short little snippet, but I just wanted to tell you this one first. So it was set on a stormy night. The circus train was crossing the trestle bridge that I previously spoke of. Yep. Over Pope Lick Creek. So when the train was crossing the trestle, lightning struck and it caused the train to derail. So the train crashed, killing nearly everyone inside. Not everyone, but most people. Uh, The goat man escaped. He tore the survivors to shreds in his bloody revenge, including Beauregard, who kept him prisoner. This train accident wasn't even his fault, and he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to use this to my advantage. (laughs) I'm going to murder the rest of these bitches. fuck these people. They didn't do anything to help me. (laughs) So his bloodlust was not sated, and he continues to seek revenge to um for mankind there's okay so there's also another story or it's a local legend in this area of a ghost train and it's thought to be the circus train oh so oh it was the circus train so it was wasn't a lot of normal people on it it was all just the circus yeah it was just a circus that all treated him poorly yeah okay i can see how he could use that to his advantage now right yeah he's pissed yeah so another story um kind of an origin story for the monster is that the monster was is the twisted reincarnation of a former farmer who sacrificed goats in exchange for satanic powers oh a cult yeah there's also one more that i saw that i didn't write down but i remember seeing it and i thought it was kind of funny there was a story that it said it was a chemist who had a bad explosion in his lab and then went into secluded hiding because he was so deformed. It sounds like a Marvel movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that one was kind of funny. Okay, so reports say the monster likes to lure people to the trestle train tracks. Wow. Why did I put four T's in a row? Five T's in a row. Let's try that again. Tongue twister, ready, go. Reports say the monster likes to lure people to the Trestle's train tracks. I had to slow it down because that was too hard to say. Um, he uses his voice to do this. Okay, so it's does e- he have like a sexy, luxurious voice? It's- and he's just like, hey, come hither. <laughs> Maybe. But actually, he is said to be able to do voice mimicry. Oh, no. And that gave, that gave me chills because I just think. Of, like, someone you love. Help! Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's creepy. And so he... Help me, my foot's caught in the train tracks and the train's gonna run me over. Oh, woe is me! (laughs) You think he's saying, woe is me? Here's that picture my friend posted, by the way, of the uh, trestle bridge. Oh, that's cool. It's a really cool picture. I love that. So, this is either done by, like, hypnosis or some kind of siren song. Is what they say. Like, okay. his voice is just so, like, alluring. It lures people so onto the bridge. So it's sexy, sexy and sensual. Yeah. So he lures the victims onto the train tracks in front of an oncoming train. There are uh, several reports of people dying this way. Okay. So, so they don't think it's, like, suicide. They think it's the goat man that took them. Yes, they do. Okay. Um, I mean, some people. Okay. <laughs> the people like me. Um... There's also another way that he said to kill people, but it's after this 
Okay. And I'll tell you about it. So kids often use the track to conduct bravery tests, and they will climb the trestle, like, on a dare. So, in February of 1987, 17-year-old Jack Charles Baum II was stuck, or was, Baum, was struck and killed by a train while walking on the trestle. Um, Also, in May of 1987, 19-year-old David Wayne Bryant died of injuries suffered a year earlier when he jumped from the trestle to avoid getting hit by a train. Alright. So, just like a lot of dumb kids walking on tracks and... Like, you don't realize the train's coming? Guess not. I guess the goat, the goat man is keeping you there. Apparently. You're put into a trance until last minute when he hopes you just won't realize in time to get out of the way. Well, there is another story where that is kind of what happened. They didn't realize the train was coming. So, also in November of 2000, 19-year-old Nicholas Jewell died after falling from the trestle. Four of his friends that were with him told police... That he was attempting to cross the trestle. Um, when he was about halfway across, a freight train approached. So, Jewel had moved to the side and attempted to hold on to the railroad tie. Um, eventually, the vibration shook him off. Another way, this seems oddly placed here, but another, <laughs> another way that the public monster is said to dispatch his victims is with a rusty, bloody axe. Like a rusty, blood-stained axe. So you'll see him depicted with an axe a lot. So does he just, like, lure them out and then stab them to death and then the train runs them over and he's like, oh, well, look, their body's gone. It's kind of like people are saying that if the train doesn't kill them, he does. Oh, okay. So, like, when you jump out of the way, you jump into an axe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So in the 1980s, this was an ongoing legend. And it led to the 16-minute film called The Legend of the Poplick Monster, which was shot at the bridge by a Louisville native and independent filmmaker. Uh, Ron something. I can't say his last name. His name was Ron. So parents were really angered over this movie because they thought it would draw in more teenagers to the site. Uh, the movie depicted a teenager caught on the trestle hanging from the railroad tie. Oh, super. So this movie so was like shot... that one kid died. Yeah, so this movie was shot in 1988. Uh, that kid died in the 2000s. Oh. So very bizarre, right? They predicted the future. Maybe. Maybe that kid saw it and was like, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna reenact this movie. Yeah. Who knows? So the Norfolk South- Southern Railroad also issued a statement at the movie's premiere, and the statement warned that if anyone... That they warned that the trestle was really dangerous and that if anyone was caught on the premises, they would be prosecuted. Oh. So soon so after. So like any one of my favorite places that I want to go visit. Yeah. Go there and you'll be prosecuted. Yep. So soon after the movie's debut, it, the deaths of the teenagers, uh, police security increased. They built an eight-foot fence, like chain-link fence, um, around the base of the trestle. And signs so people were put can up. climb it. Yeah. Climb it. That's the idea. Signs were put up that said danger, keep off private property, try to keep people off this area. So later, at some point, someone painted JC, I love you and miss you, 31676 across the concrete base. And it's believed to be a um, tribute to 
Jack Charles' mom. Okay. One of the kids who died there. Uh, okay, so this is a very recent ooh uh, thing. Well, I guess it's not ooh, because I'm assuming they died. Yeah, but... it is a death, but <laughs> it is very recent. So, on April 23rd, 2016, there was a 26-year-old tourist from Ohio. Oh, can you hear the rain? Can if you, you can hear the rain in the background, it's we're sorry. It's <laughs> pouring outside. Okay, so on April 23rd, 2016, a 26-year-old tourist from Ohio, her name is Raquel Bain, was searching with her boyfriend, 41-year-old David Nee, for the legendary public monster. So they were trying to cross the tracks. It's apparently um, 742 feet across. <laughs> like the, it's the creek? The, the trestle. It's long. Yeah, so the creek. Yeah. Um, so they didn't hear the fast-moving oncoming train until it was too late. So that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, where it's believed that, like, they were being held there. They didn't hear the train. Yeah. Um, some sort of hypnosis to keep walking across it. Yeah. So her boyfriend, David Nee, was um, able to hang off the side of the bridge, and Bain, Raquel Bain, was trying to do the same, and she was struck by the oncoming train. Um, she kind of went about 80 feet into a field. Oh, no. How fast is this train going? It was a very quick, it says fast-moving train. So probably somewhere around, like, 70s. Probably. I assume it was going pretty quick. Yeah. So, David Nee was charged with trespassing on railroad property. He pled guilty and agreed to pay the Norfolk Southern Railroad $2,300. Nee said he is already haunted by the incident. Uh, so, a number of people are said to still scale the eight-foot fence while legend tripping. Um, this is where amateur folklorists and monster hunters go to seek out the source of legends. So something I would totally do. I'm not going to scale an eight-foot fence, though. I don't really want to scale an eight-foot fence. My fat ass isn't going to get over an eight-foot fence. I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the train tracks are still active, and it's believed that the public monster has claimed more lives than most myths. I did search to see if there were um, any hauntings in the area due to all the deaths, but the only one I could find was the ghost train. Okay. Um, Which is still believed to be the circus yes. train. There are no confirmed sightings of the Public Monster, but there are sightings, but none of them are confirmed. Which, okay, is so there really some... confirmed sightings of anything? Yeah, especially, like, anything in this podcast... It... Confirmed is, like, video audio recording. That is confirmed. Right. Most things are like, hey, I saw this thing, but I can't really explain it, but I really did see this thing, and I swear to God it was there. Right. You know? So, so you know, people say they've seen it. People say that, you know, maybe it's just something that's made up to explain all the deaths. Yeah. Um. So the monster story has been featured on Destinations America's Monsters and Mysteries in America. And this is actually where I first saw it. Oh, okay. So I, I used to love watching that show because it was all the cryptids and everything that I'm super into. Yeah. And I saw it on there and it's always kind of stuck with me just as being really creepy. Yeah. So I kind of... No, it. I did. I, I do watch that show. It's a good show. It is a good show. I find it really entertaining because they the tell The guy me, is funny. Yeah. What's his name? 
We don't know his name, probably. We're bad at this. Yeah. But it is a really good show. I really enjoy it. So, mine is the Mitzpah Hotel in Topano, Topano, Tonopa, <laughs> Nevada. Close enough. <laughs> We're sorry, Nevada. <laughs> I always will suck at pronouncing names. Oh, me too. Don't worry about it. I just it. added some, a lot of O and N's to that. Tono no no pa. <laughs> it's okay because honestly, I do try to like sound it out and then I look at it and I'm like, this is gonna suck later. So back to the Mitzvah Hotel. Open in 1908, was envisioned by, envisioned as a high class hotel furnished with eating and drinking establishments. Uh, it was known as the finest stone hotel on the desert. Ooh. I don't know why they said on. That is an actual quote. Okay. I'm assuming it's in, and that might have been a typo that I just, like, copied and pasted in there. Maybe, but maybe they also said on to make them sound, like... Fancy. Yeah. Because we're this is a high-class establishment. This is on... I was going to say this is on the hotel, but I meant it's a... You said it's a stone hotel? Yeah. Okay. It shared the tallest building award, I'm going to say award, uh, with the Belvada building... Until 1927, which only the tallest building was five stories. So not very tall. No, not very tall at all. But Um, I can understand for the time period. Yeah. They're like, yeah, this building's tall. Um, It was reinforced with concrete, cast iron columns used in the windows and fire escape. The neighboring three-story had rooms on the upper floors and... Yeah, so there's a three-story next to it and then the Mitzvah Hotel next up. Okay. Yeah. Do they connect? Is that what? Yes, they do. So it served as the first mitzvah hotel or I th- the first mitzvah is what I wrote, but I think it was like, I don't remember the word that they used for it. I didn't put it in here. Mm-hmm. And it remains connected to the current building. And so both- they were both parts of the hotel. Yeah. Okay. Um, both buildings are joined by a wood staircase crowned with a lovely skylight. That sounds terrifying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like, it's, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's outside. Right. You know, like sketchily outside this wooden staircase, you know, like this enclosed wooden staircase. I think it's like still in the building, but that's like. How you get to the other one? Yeah. Huh. I didn't look at pictures. That's, that's okay. <laughs> okay. It cost um, $200,000 to build, and in today's money, it's over $5 million. But this That's... is a classy establishment. Keep that in mind. Okay. So it's a classy hotel that costed money. Yep. I always like to find out the inflation. It's like, I do too, actually. It's, it's... I find it really fascinating. Oh, I found it. I just was kind of curious to see what the building looked like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're you're right. It is a building connected, like, right next to it. It doesn't look like there's any outdoor staircase or anything. Yeah. Like, it's probably on that third floor of that other building, so that's why they have that skylight. Right. But, like, that's probably about it. The hotel had the first elevator west of the Mississippi. Ooh! Yeah. And the Tonopah Banking Corporate Vault that is still viewed in the hotel lobby today um, and so is the elevator. Oh. The elevator is still in use. The the first original elevator is still in use. Creepy. I have a fear of elevators because yeah. I've watched too many live leak videos about elevators going wrong. And the thing is, I'm an engineering student. I know 
all of the safety mechanisms of an elevator. Right. But there are some elevators that I can't go in. They, I actually don't love elevators either. So the hotel was named after the Mitzvah Mine, which was a very popular establishment in the area. And now the hotel became the popular gathering place for mining and political elite, like governors and senators during the silver boom. Oh, okay. So was it an actual mine that it was named after? Or was it a location that was a mine? Or was it just called the mine? I can't answer that question. Okay. We're rolling with it. <laughs> I'm going to go with a I, real mine. I'm going to I'm gonna go with it was a place, the way they phrased it. Okay. Um, other notable guests were Wyatt Earp, the American Old West Gambler, I know um, this name. Yes, you do. A deputy sheriff of Pima County, a deputy town marshal of Tombstone, Arizona, and took part in the gunfight of the OK Corral, <laughs> which three outlaws died. <laughs> okay. And his friends, who were also high-known people, was Tex Rickard, who was a boxing promoter, and Jack Dempsey, who was the boxer. And they they were bouncers at the hotel to promote their fights. Oh, that's so weird. Right? I I thought it was interesting. They were bouncers, but then as they're kicking people out, they're like, hey, come to my fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was more like, hey, you have to leave and like go to the fight across town. Stop fighting here and go watch me fight tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... After this amount of time, there was a casino that opened and closed, and it bankrupt the building, and then it shut down for a little bit. And the hotel was closed uh, the second time from 1999 to 2011 to restore the hotel to its former glory. Okay. The newly renovated hotel features 47 rooms, a bar, two restaurants, uh, the Pittman Cafe, and the more upscale, the Jack Dempsey Room. Ooh. I know. So fancy. He gets his own room. (laughs) He was such a good bouncer. I guess so. Yeah. So currently today, it is updated to pretty much that. Um, You can stay in the hotel. Um, I looked it up and you can only pay $102 a night, but I'm pretty sure you don't stay in the haunted room. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Bummer. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to get to the ghosts because there's more history, but it just deals with the ghosts in general. The third floor, people have res- had have heard children roam the hotel, and the presence of the children is sort of a mystery to some of the people. But they believe that they died somewhere else, and but they remembered the Mitzvah Hotel as something so great and something that they enjoyed so much in life that they came back there in the afterlife to spend the rest of their life with. Right, and we've we've talked about this before too, where it's kind of a occurrence that happens. Yeah, where. You don't have to die there. Yeah. You just have... It has to be part of your life in a significant way. Yeah. Like how my house is haunted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So guests have been complained of hearing children running up and down the hallways at night when there are no children staying on the floor. Tugging on the backs of their shirts. Oh, no. Unexplained giggling. Oh, no. (laughs) And leaving small handprints behind. That's that's so creepy. (laughs) Like, all of a sudden, there's like... A glass door, and all of a sudden there's, like, a little handprint, and the door opens a little, like... And then it pulls your shirt. <laughs> and then it pulls your shirt, and you're like, come on, let's go. I would die. Here, Here's the best part. 
there have been sightings of children running up to guests and asking why they're staying in the hotel and running off. Oh. Right? And so the, the staff is regularly asked about the children's antics, but they're like, those those are ghost children. Sorry about your life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, they seem friendly. Yeah. At least. They, like, just want to play and ask you, you know... Well, well, because it was, here. it was their best time ever spent in right. their life was at this hotel, which is, I think, a pretty shitty time, but it was a high-class hotel, I guess. I mean, that's true. I mean, hopefully they're they're nice. Yeah. Maybe they're not as creepy as I would think they would be. <laughs> um. So, back to some more ghosts. So, there's a story that there were three miners that tunneled up into the vault room. So, remember how I talked about... Right. The, yeah, the corporate vault that is in there and in the hotel lobby. They tunneled underneath the dirt floor and emptied the vault right before payday. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, one of the miners turned on the other two and killed them. <laughs> He's bold. <laughs> right? Well, it's like one of those, like, movies, you know, like, where you're like, oh, thanks for the help. Bang, bang. Like. No, exactly. It actually really reminds me of a mission in... Borderlands 2. <laughs> um, that video game. Yeah. But, I mean, I could definitely see that being something that's been in movies or pop culture or anything. That's really interesting, though. Yeah. Uh, but these two workers are said to taunt uh, the hotel workers and play practical jokes on them. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in the basement. They're basement dwellers. Okay. So, here is a story. This is a really short story. So this is supposedly another ghost. I didn't really find much about it except for on one website, but some of the claims seem to add up with things, and but some don't. So I'm going to just tell you the story. Okay. Um, Senator Key Pittman is supposedly drifting around the property. He is believed to have died in the hotel before his election in 1940. Okay. Not wanting to forfeit the election, his party kept his body on ice in a bathtub somewhere in the hotel until the election was over. I know, sounds like a story, right? So he died, and they're like, he can still win this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They weekend at Bernie's him. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. (laughs) Yeah. And so he ended up winning the election. Oh my god. (laughs) And they supposedly sent his body for burial. The story has been challenged, clearly, because they're like, oh, he was alive the entire time. Right. You know? So, Nevada historians claim that he died in Reno a few days later after the election. Okay. And the body on ice, tail is just a tail. But the manager of the hotel has met with locals who remember the fateful election, and they remember that Senator Pittman did, in fact, die in the hotel. Yeah. That's so crazy. I know, right? I like the version better that they weekend at Bernie's, Tim. (laughs) We're like, yeah, we can so win this election. We can win this. He's dead. He's dead. But just, just, it's just a couple more days. We've got this. Yeah, because they didn't want, okay, so because there's always political, what's the term for it? There's always a a regression of who takes on the seat next. Right. I think, is that for senators? I'm not positive. Is there, like, a a vice senator? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not positive if there is something like that for senators or if they just re-elect. 
or they held it, hold another election. I think because they a, don't just hand it back over to the other party. Right. I think it's a re-election, maybe. But the thing is, it works better out in their case if they didn't want the other person to win. Because if the other person won, right? You know, they're like, oh shit, we're screwed. We're like, if we just put him on ice for a few days until this election blows over, and then oh no, he died. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then we can be like, hey, we have this other person for the re-election. To run as our party. That would make more sense. Yeah. As to why they would be like, let's not tell anyone. Let's keep this on the down low. <laughs> yeah. So the last ghost of the hotel is the most popular ghost. Ooh. She is the lady in red. Is she scary? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Uh, they even have a suite named after her. Even though she did not inhabit the suite in life, she tends to favor it more and they believe it's due to the period furnishings and overall beauty of the suite. Okay. So, I mean, honestly, if I was a ghost and they're like, this is the Amber room, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm in that room every night. <laughs> <laughs> she is said to haunt the entire fifth floor after being murdered in the hallway. Oh. In the early 1900s, the Lady in Red resided in the hotel. So there are two stories that go with her death. And I guess it just depends on the person you speak to. Because they're both pretty much the same story. It's just who is involved. Okay. Uh, so, supposedly, her husband was traveling out of town and was heading to catch a train. But his train was canceled and he returned to the hotel only to find her in the room with another man. Filled with rage, they argued and ended up in the hallway where she was killed. I said, I typed witch as in like, witch burn at the stake <laughs> so that's why i snickered a little <laughs> um so that's one of the stories angry husband you're cheating on me i'm gonna murder you right just like filled with so much rage that like you couldn't control yourself okay the other story is that she worked as a sex worker in the hotel and on one evening she was leaving the room of another person and was spotted by a jealous ex-lover uh just outside the suite that bears her name now. Okay. Some stories say she was brutally stabbed to death and others say that she was strangled. Okay. So, no matter what, she was pretty brutally beaten. It was a violent the- death. Yes. Um, But she's pretty uh, nice to the guests and employees. Uh, they said they have sensed her presence and reported uh, close encounters with her spirits. Guests have reported... Items being moved, and she has appeared right in front of guests and passed through walls. Okay. If she is fond of a guest, she will leave pearls in their bed. Oh, that's really nice of her. I know, right? Uh, And she is very fond, and she tends to target male passengers, especially in the elevator, even whispering, hey, you, in their ears. And so the one story that I read was this woman got into the elevator And she was staying in one of the haunted rooms and the fifth floor, she like rolled her luggage into the creepy ass old elevator (laughs) and turned around and the fifth floor button had already been pushed. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. She is just wanders around and just like whispers at people and like touches them probably inappropriate in the elevator and gives them pearls. Yep. Gives them pearls. Okay. Yeah. uh, But the, so just so you know. The Lady in Red Room themed room 
is room 504 in the elevator, but most of the hauntings occur in 502 because uh, something about that's where she stayed. Okay. Um, But the 503 has also had some experiences too because we know how like if you've read stories about hotels, the rooms used to be bigger. Yeah. So to normal day hotels, they've cut the rooms in half. So like she's been seen to walk through walls. Oh, okay. So she's kind of walked through one room to the other room because it was a single room. Yeah. When she was live. Yeah. Yep. And so you can stay at the hotel and it's also been featured on Ghost Adventures and I did not watch it. I didn't think you did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wrote that at the bottom. Oh, good. Yep. Just to reconfirm it. Reconfirm. I did not watch that show. Yep. I'm boycotting them right now. I mean, that's fine. I can understand why. <laughs> yeah. So that is the Mitzvah Hotel. That's in interesting. Tonopona. That is different than how I've said it <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> We've never claimed Tonopoa. to be accurate. So Ton- Tonopoa. I don't know. We're not accurate. Nevada. It's in Nevada. We're sorry. It's in the desert. It was a stone. It was the finest stone hotel on the desert. <laughs> <laughs> ask me to ha- pronounce anything around michigan i got you oh yeah we got ask it. me to pronounce anything anywhere else i'm sorry i'm really sorry i can't <laughs> <laughs> but we're but we will try and we will try. make it maybe comedic and hopefully you don't hate us yeah uh the whole thing about the senator we don't know if that's true or not but uh well it's ghost stories so well i i just meant the the re-election reasons yeah I believe in the, our our story that we portray. I mean, I think we we figured it out. I think we like not. It's not a cold case no more. We like we know he died in that hotel. Oh, we know, and we know they were just like, eh, we'll wait till our new guy comes back. Yeah, we got this. We're great at this. <laughs> we are so great at this. I think it was cool. It was an interesting story. Yeah, I got you a. Different little twist on a scarier story here with a cryptid. And I told Devin, I was like, I think I'm going to do more of the cryptid. Like, I think I'm going to be the one to be like, hmm, this cryptid. (laughs) (laughs) I just, like I said, I love cryptozoology. I think it's so interesting. (laughs) I watch all those shows on TV. Like the Loch Ness Monster ones. (laughs) a whole lot of cult shows. Did you know that there was a cult in Michigan? There was? Yeah. I will tell you about it some other time because I plan on making it a story. Awesome. I'm pumped. I won't look it up. I think it was like a cult that may have spread, but like some of like it was in, there was like a group of it in Grand Grand Rapids. I'm not going to look it up. Okay. I want to know about it. Okay. So do it soon. <laughs> oh, do it soon? Okay. I feel like I need to put a lot more effort into a cult than I do my paranormal stories. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. But... Subscribe, rate, or comment on our podcast. Thank you. There we go. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast, Twitter, the MF Cast, the and motherfucking cast. <laughs> our no, email. I need to stop saying that every time. It's going to be every time. <laughs> our email is marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And goodbye and good night. Bada bing.